This episode of Dude Next Door is brought to you by First Fitness Nutrition. They provide exclusive all-natural weight loss and wellness products to lose weight, feel great, and improve your health. Go to www.carinarobbins.firstfitness.com for more info. That is www.carinarobbins.firstfitness.com. If you people follow Dude Next Door Podcast on Facebook, you'll know that I promised to talk to you about Larry Walters. Larry is the consummate dude next door. Uh, Larry is everybody's neighbor, yet none of us uh, probably knew Larry. But Larry made himself famous uh, when he was 33 years old and decided that uh, he was born to fly. What I'm going to read to you is coming straight off of Snopes. Uh, There was a story that went around in 1997 which had some truths, a lot of fiction. Uh, Snopes picked it up and provided the real account of of what happened with Larry. Although I remember Larry from when I was a kid. I remember Larry's historic flight. And uh, basically, Larry at this time was a 33-year-old truck driver. Uh, Larry was born to fly. He knew he was born to fly. He had uh, joined the Air Force. And due to poor eyesight, had been cut from the flight program when he... uh, got out of the military, became a truck driver in uh, North Hollywood. And we pick up Larry's story at 33 years old, and he had uh, no uh, pilot or balloon training, and uh, his his historic flight took place on uh, the 2nd of July in 1982, when Larry filled 45 weather balloons with helium and tethered them in four tiers to an aluminum lawn chair he purchased at Sears and Roebuck. He loaded his makeshift aircraft, dubbed Inspiration One, with a large bottle of soda, milk jugs full of water for ballast, pellet gun, portable CB radio and altimeter, and a camera. What this article doesn't tell us is that he also packed several peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and a six-pack of Miller Lite. I told you that Larry was the dude next door. Donning a parachute, Larry climbed into his chair from the roof of his girlfriend's home in San Pedro while two friends stood at the ready to untether the craft. He took off a little earlier than expected. However, when his mooring line was cut by the roof's sharp edges, friends, neighbors, reporters, and cameramen looked on, and Larry Walters rocketed into the sky above San Pedro. A few minutes later, Larry radioed the ground that he was sailing across Los Angeles Harbor toward Long Beach. Walter had planned to fly 300 miles into the Mojave Desert, but the balloons took him up faster than expected, and the wind didn't cooperate. Walters quickly found himself drifting 16,000 feet above Long Beach. He later reported that he was so amazed by the view that he didn't even take any pictures. As Larry and his lawn chair drifted into the approach path of Long Beach Municipal Airport, perplexed pilots from two passing Delta and TWA airliners alerted air traffic control about what appeared to be an unprotected man floating through the sky in a chair. Meanwhile, Larry, feeling cold and dizzy in the thin air three miles above the ground, shot several of his balloons with a pellet gun to bring himself back down to earth. He attempted to aim his descent at a large expanse of grass of a North Long Beach country club. But Larry came up short and ended up entangling his tethers in a set of high-voltage power lines in Long Beach about 10 miles from his liftoff site. The plastic tethers protected Walter from electrocution, but he dangled above the ground until firemen and utility crews could cut the power lines, which in turn blacked out a long portion of Long Beach for about 20 minutes. Larry managed to maneuver his lawn chair over a wall, step out, and cut the chair free. He gave the chair away to some admiring neighborhood children, a decision which he regretted later when his impromptu flight brought him far more fame than he anticipated. 
Larry, who had just set a new altitude record for flight with gas-filled clustered balloons, although his record was not officially recognized because he had not carried a proper altitude recording device with him, he became an instant celebrity. The Federal Aviation Administration was not amused, unable to revoke Walter's pilot's license because he didn't have one. An FAA official announced that they would charge Walters as soon as they figured out what part of the FAA code he had violated. Larry hit the talk show circuit, appearing with Johnny Carson and David Letterman, hosting at a New York bar filled with lawn chairs for the occasion and receiving an award from the Bonehead Club of Dallas while the FAA pondered his case. After Walter's hearing before an agency panel, the FAA announced on the 17th of December that they were fining him $4,000 for four regulations. One, operating a civil aircraft for which there is not currently, in effect, an airworthiness certificate. Creating a collision danger to other aircraft, entering an airport traffic area without establishing and maintaining two-way communications with the control tower, and failing to take care to prevent hazards to the life and property of others. Larry quickly indicated that he intended to challenge the fines, stating sardonically that if the FAA was around when the Wright brothers were testing their aircraft, they would never have been able to make the first flight off of Kitty Hawk. He also informed the FAA and reporters that he couldn't possibly pay the fine because he'd put all the money he could save or borrow, into his flight. In April, the FAA signaled their willingness to compromise by dropping one of the charges, and they decided that the lawn chair didn't need an airworthiness certificate after all, and lowering the fine to $3,000. Walters countered by offering to admit to failing to maintain two-way radio contact with the airport and pay a $1,000 penalty if the other two charges were dropped. The FAA eventually agreed to accept a $1,500 payment because the flight was potentially unsafe, but Walters had not intended to endanger anyone. After Larry told interviewers that he didn't have a job or money and could use all the help he could get, patrons at Jumbo's Diner in Port Richmond, California, took up a collection for him. Despite his punishment, Walters didn't rule out the possibility of another flight. We've been looking at the Bahamas and a couple of other possibilities, he says. It depends on whether or not I can get somebody to finance it, because I sure can't. Although Larry never made another balloon flight, he did inspire someone else to try the same feat. On January 1st, 1984, a licensed pilot, parachutist, and shoot rigger named Kevin Walsh outfitted himself with 57 weather balloons, each six feet in diameter. Armed with five knives and carrying a parachute, Walsh tethered himself to the helium-filled balloons with no chair and took off for Minuteman Airfield in Stowe, Massachusetts at 7 a.m. on New Year's Day. He shot into the sky even faster than Larry had, hitting the 1,000-foot mark in 12 seconds, reaching 6,000 feet in 2 minutes and peaking at 9,000 feet after 4 minutes. When one of Walsh's balloons popped, he came back down to 6,000 feet and settled in to enjoy the view. Although Walter's flight brought him instant fame, it never proved very lucrative for him. He was paid a few hundred dollars here and there for television appearances and made little money as a motivational speaker, but it wasn't until Timex paid him $1,000 in 1992 to appear in print advertisements featuring, quote, adventurous individuals wearing Timex watches, end quote, that he saw any real payoff. Even then, he still hadn't recouped the estimated $4,000 that it had cost him to make the flight 10 years earlier. Nothing much else worked out in Larry's life either. He broke up with his girlfriend in 15 years. His speaking career didn't pan out. And he worked only sporadically as a security guard. On October 6, 1993, Larry hiked into one of his favorite spots in the Angeles National Forest and put a bullet through his heart. It was a sad end for a man who had made one of the most celebrated flights since Lindbergh. A man who said, it was something I had to do. I had this dream for 20 years, and if I hadn't done it, I think I would have ended up in the funny farm. 
I didn't think that by fulfilling my goal in life, my dream, that I would create such a stir and make people laugh. So now that you know about Larry's historical flight, you would know that he is befitting to be a dude next door. Even though Larry's no longer with us, Larry epitomizes the guy who lives next door to you, I, and probably everyone else. Larry had his own hopes and dreams in which he was not going to allow anyone to tell him he couldn't. I don't like the word no either. And Larry, despite being told he couldn't fly, knew that he was born to fly. So in the spirit of Larry Walters, this dude next door is for you. And as Willy Wonka once said, we are the tellers of tales and the dreamers of dreams.